Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. So we're going to begin to continue from where we left off. I'm going to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, and verse 5 to 6. And the Bible says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, aren't you glad Jesus is a faithful witness? Uh, if you, so if you are born again, His Spirit is testifying to the fact that you are born again and redeemed by the blood. He is a firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. In the last broadcast, I made it clear that you are the king He's king of. The kings of the earth here is not really necessarily a reference to the kings of this world, even though to some, to, to, there is a sense in, in which in his sovereignty, Jesus is Lord over everything. But he's talking about this, the, 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 the fact that the kingdom is the kingdom of kings. My late mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe, used to say the kingdom is the kingdom of kings. And so we are the kings he's king of. And so he says to him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. For what? And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. You know, this is very powerful. When I found this, I, I just got, I, I mean, I saw the Melchizedek order right in it. Remember, I told you that the Melchizedek priesthood of Jesus is overlaid through the entire Bible if you know how to find it. But hopefully through this kind of broadcast, you're going to begin to understand the priesthood of God, how it looks like, and begin to look for it in the Bible. But right here, uh, 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 the, the writer of the book of Revelation, who is John the Beloved, who would sleep on the, on the bosom of Jesus. That's how close he was to the heart of God. He tells us that Jesus has washed us. God has washed us. With the blood of Jesus, we have been washed from our sins. Why? I know one of the, one of, one of the reasons is obvious so that we can be delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death and, and eternal separation from God. But you see, just being born again is not an end in itself because we are being recovered to the assignment that the first Adam lost. But we find that, we find the next verse very interesting. It says, after he has washed us in his own blood, and he has made us kings and priests and the God. And remember when one time I was reading this and the Holy Spirit said to me, Francis, do you realize that one of the reasons why the blood of Christ was shed is in order to return your kingship? My God, in order to return your kingship and your priesthood. It says he has made us kings and priests and the God. The only, the only uh, biblical model in the Bible where a king and a priest come together in one body is in the testimony of Melchizedek. When Melchizedek meets Abraham, he's a king and a priest. So the king-priest model is a model that God used to demonstrate or to expose the priesthood of Melchizedek in Scripture. And we find that Jesus also behaved in the same way. He was a priest, but he was also a king. 
and he actually operated as such. One of the accusations that was brought against Jesus uh, at the trial with Pontius Pilate is that the people said he calls himself king of the Jews. You know, and when he was asked, are you a king by Pontius Pilate? He says, for this purpose was I born. For this purpose was I born. He did not deny the fact that when you are in the kingdom, one of the purposes for which you are born is kingship. Not just to have a job. Some of you are happy having a job. And thank God for having a job. But you must understand in the beginning it was not so. You are not created for a job as much as you are created, you are created to be a king. Really, your, and your primary job is kingship. But out of kingship, you can dominate anything, including uh, uh, being excellent at your job or being excellent at your business. But the number one assignment of Jesus was to restore our kingship that unfortunately Adam lost in the great rebellion, in the great treason that happened in the Garden of Eden. But praise God in the order of Melchizedek, as we begin to function as kings and priests under God, that type of technology, that type of engaging God can come back to us and we can begin to manifest the lost life of Adam. Praise God here on earth. So, literally, the blood of Jesus was not shed to make you a Levite. Come on. And the reason is very simple. Levites were not kings. They were priests, but they, liked, they lacked the kingly dimension. They lacked the kingly dimension. And therefore, they are, not, they are not the complete matter of who Abraham, Adam was. Adam was a priest. He could minister to God in the, in the cool of the evening. He could minister to God. God and him connected in the cool of the day. They would come together. Deep intimacy, deep, connection, deep connectivity. He would administrate that, what God was, what, what, was giving him to the animals and, the, and, and, the, and this planet as a king. He would dominate. The word dominion literally comes from the Hebrew word mamlaka, which means to have rulership or to have sovereignty or to have a kingdom. That is what Adam was in every essence of the word. So since when you and I begin to function in the Melchizedek priesthood, we are going back to our original design. You, that is it. We are actually going back to our original designs as kings and priests and the God. Hallelujah. So do not, do not wish the blood of Jesus. But just being a nice, good Christian, there ain't nothing happening in your life in the, realm of, in, the terms, in the realm of dominion, in the realm of really beginning to manifest your kingship in the earth. This is why the blood of Christ was shed. It's so that we can be made kings and priests to his God and Father. Glory to God. Which means that when the blood of Jesus touches you, it prepares you to enter the Melchizedek priesthood. That's why nobody, was, nobody on earth, those who are not born again, cannot enter the Melchizedek priesthood. Because according to the scripture, Revelation 1 and verse 6, you have to be washed by the blood in order to enter the priesthood of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 1 and 4, and we're going to spend quite some time on this one, because there's another mystery unveiled by Jesus himself, that alludes to the Melchizedek priesthood. And the fact that Jesus himself not only infarded, actually walked in it. Why is this important? Because whatever affects Jesus affects you spiritually. Because as he is in heaven, so are we on earth. Anything that affects Jesus ought to affect you. If it's important to Jesus, it ought to be important to you. And so, in the book of Matthew, there's an interesting story. And I want to read it for you. Matthew chapter 12, 
verse 1 to 4 says this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on Shabbat. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to, and, and to eat it. And when the Pharisees, is the religious, you know, abbot was of the day, when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on Shabbat. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat. Now for those who were with him, but only for the priest. What a weird way of answering the accusation of the Pharisees. Because they're saying your, your, your disciples are breaking the law of Shabbat. Why are you allowing them to work, in a sense? Because to get the, to plug the corn and, you know, you know, if you, you know for those of us who live in Africa, not to do that in real time, we know what it takes to plug corn. You know, it's some work before you can enjoy it. You got to pay it. I mean, there's some work involved. And according to the, to the Levitical order, you, can, you cannot do that on Shabbat. So you, these are your disciples. They are breaking the law of Shabbat. And Jesus begins to answer the question by referencing King David. I'm like, when, but first when I first read this, I said, Lord, I'm not getting you. And the Lord says, no, that's the perfect answer I could have given them because the answer says a lot. There are two things in this answer, first and foremost. Number one, let's deal with Jesus. You know, uh, law, uh, laws are dynamic all around the world. That's why in, in, the, in, in, in judicial systems, you have different levels of court systems. The reason you have different levels of court systems is because there's an understanding of law that laws bend only to other laws. In other words, if the, a lower court decides against you, you can appeal to a higher court, okay, which has a higher jurisdiction of law, so that they are the only one capable of bending the law that came from a lower court. So there's not a violation of law that you're excused from the sentence maybe a judge gave in a lower court if the law higher court decides to suspend it because law bends only to law. So Jesus is essentially saying, listen, I, the, the law of my presence is higher than the law of Shabbat. Because what is Shabbat about? It's about coming to the place of rest. What was Shabbat about? To point them to Jesus. That's the purpose of Shabbat. That there's coming a rest of God. God is our rest. If God shows up, stop working. Because God is in the house. That's why when the glory shows up in the meeting, stop working. Miracles are going to happen because God showed up. That's the essence of the glory. See, when the glory came in the dedication of the temple, when they were dedicating the temple uh, in uh, Second, Second Chronicles chapter 7, the Bible says the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And what happened? The priest could not minister. Why? Because that's the essence, a higher law. Their service was not needed when God is in the house on that level. He takes over. They are suspended by a higher law, the law of the glory in that case. Jesus, first and foremost, is saying, listen, I'm higher. My presence is higher than the law of Shabbat. Shabbat was given to you by my father so it can point to you. Because he said, you read the scriptures because they all speak of me. They testify of me. 
So really they're not breaking a law of Shabbat when I'm around. Reason? I have superseded that law by a higher law, the law of my presence. And so they are not, they are not guilty. But listen, I want to tell you the second reason why they were not guilty. But this one, is, this one brings us bliss right into the understanding of the priesthood of Melchizedek. So we are talking about this, uh, the unveiling mysteries of the Melchizedek priesthood in the New Testament. By the way, the, the word Melchizedek simply means in Hebrew, king of righteousness or my king of righteousness. So when we talk about the Melchizedek order, that is, it means uh, king of righteousness. So that should help you for those of you who might be hearing the word Melchizedek for your very first time. It literally means the king of righteousness. Praise God. Now, before we went on the break, we were downloading, breaking down Matthew 12, verse 1 to 4. And I'm going to read it again. At that time, when Jesus went through the grain fields on Shabbat, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on Shabbat. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, not for those who are with him, but only for the priest. What is he saying? Whoa, here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, guys, don't think that you have got, you've cornered the market on the priesthood of God. He's saying to them, listen, look of David. David was from the tribe of Judah or tribe of Judah for those of you. Okay? And where was Jesus from? Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. Now here's the problem. Concerning the priesthood, Moses never said anything about priesthood from anybody coming from the tribe of Judah. Everything about the priesthood was given to the tribe of Levi. And yet, David, who's also from the tribe of Judah, goes into the temple of God, the house of God, the most sacred, the most sacred uh, place you can go into in Judaism. He goes into the house of God. A non-Levite, David, goes into the house of God. Not just goes into the house of God, he goes into the holy place. That means he, had to, he goes into the holy place. There were Levites who were not even allowed to enter the holy place. Because even the Levitical priesthood, you had to take years before you can even get to the holy place. You work the outer court, you work the, the prison labor. So even the Levites, it was considered a high promotion to become a Zacchaeus, for instance, who can go into the holy place. Never mind the holy of holies, just the holy place. David went into the holy place. Do you know what was in the holy place? The table of the showbread. The table of, his, of the manifested presence of God with the menorah. I mean, you, you, couldn't, you, you couldn't have any more artifact. You are just one step away from the holy of holies. David enters there, and what does he do? Grabs all the bread. He grabs all the bread on the showbread. This is not Walmart, you are. This is the house of God. This is the most sacred temple of God. He takes it, and what does he do? He goes outside and begins to break bread with his soldiers. These guys, trust me, David was not a Levite, but it got worse. Everybody was following him was not a Levite. These were men of war. They were not consecrated 
to eat the showbread. Even the Levites had to consecrate before they could taste the showbread. David said, I'm just hungry. And God never struck him down. What? Jesus is saying, guys, you don't even understand the scriptures. You have not even bothered to investigate the Tanakh. This story, if you are keepers of the law, you're acting like you, got, you, you are more educated about the law of God than the one who is the word. So let me put you in your place. Why have you not investigated one misnomer in, the, in your theology of the priesthood? David. He went in the house of God and took the showbread. None of his men died. Actually, to the contrary, they were filled. God anointed them. They became mighty men of war. <laughs> they became mighty men of war. They were unbeatable after eating the showbread. And David did it. Here's what the Lord was trying to tell them. He said, you see, according to the law of Moses, it's only lawful for somebody who's a priest, recognized by heaven, to touch the showbread and not be punished for it. So if, ben, if, if David was able to do what only Aaron could do, Take the showbread, break it, which is the book of a priest, break the bread. Remember what just this? He broke the bread, he gave it to them. That's the book of a priest. He said, if, if David is breaking bread that came from the holy place and he gave it to his men, he was not judged, his men was not judged, then there's only one legitimate conclusion because God never breaks his own word. He only supersedes it with the higher law. It means David was also functioning as a priest, except his priesthood was higher than yours. So when David went in the Levitical temple, he superseded anybody. He outranked anybody in the temple, including the Levitical high priest, because he was of the order of Melchizedek. That is the only priesthood that was available, that was legitimately ordained by God in the Bible. There was only two priesthoods. That, that a Jewish person could belong to that legitimately were recognized by God. Levi or Melchizedek. Any other priesthood was the priesthood of devils, like the priesthood of On. When Joseph was in, in, in the land of Egypt, there was a priesthood of On. This was nothing but the priesthood of the pharaohs. Devils worship. There are many priesthoods, you know, Buddhism, Shintoism, they're still there. But there's only two priesthoods ever recognized by Jehovah. Melchizedek order and Levi. David, but the, but the Levitical priesthood had a law. You can only be a Levite by birthright. If you're not a Levite by birthright, you can be David. We, we, you have no table on the, you have no seat on the table. But why is David doing the work of a high priest in the Levitical temple and God Almighty does not get upset with him because God recognized the priestly ministry of David as being superior to that of the Levites? No, it's no wonder nobody dies. So Jesus is saying, if David is a priest, then oh boy. It opens up a whole kind of whims. It means, therefore, you're not the only ones. And therefore, judging the order of Melchizedek by the laws of Levite is a, just a saying, you are literally wasting your time because that's like a, high, a lower court trying to judge the Supreme Court. It's not going to work. They outrank the lower court. They are the final court of appeal. That's why they're called the Supreme Court. When they speak, there's nowhere to go in America. When those nine justices rule in America, I don't care what they rule. You may not like it, but it's over. There's nothing higher. There's no lawyer. There is no court system above them. Jesus is saying, listen, you cannot judge. Just like a lower court can judge a, higher, a Supreme Court. The priesthood of Levi, which were the Pharisees who were part of the priesthood of Levi, your priesthood is so low. You're not even qualified to be in the same room with me. 
This is why David could do it. Because you're not the only priestly order. Why am I saying this? Because so many believers are like the Pharisees. They're operating in the Levitical priesthood because that's what they, they were taught. Oh, yeah, Levite. You're not a Levite. Stop saying that. Jesus did, not, Jesus, Jesus did not die. The Lord did not die to make you a Levite. By the way, do you know, Jesus did not have to die for anybody to be a Levite. You were just born one. You could be a crazy Levite. You could be, you could be as dull as a doornail. But if you, are, if, you are, if you have Levitical blood in you, they're going to make you a priest. That's how Levitical, that's how easy it was. In, you have to be born one. But listen, we've been elevated to a higher priestly order. Even the angels know that. Why do you think angels follow you? Why do you think angels respond to you the way they do? They don't just see a child of God who's born again. They see a priest of God recognized in heaven with a priestly order that heaven itself bows to. So the angels are bowing to, the, to that priesthood in the heavenly realms. Why would they not bow to that, to that priesthood when they see it in you, work with it, cope? They're already doing that in the heavenly realms. Now on earth, when you say, now I realize by revelation, I am not a Levite. I am a priest just like Jesus, just like David. How do we know David was a priest in the order of Melchizedek? He tells us himself. Psalm 110, he says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool. We know that is Jesus. That's the prophecy about Jesus. But when you go down to verse 4, David says, And the Lord said to my Lord, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That revelation was not given to the Levites. That revelation was given to David. Remember, once God gives you a revelation, he's giving you permission to enter the domain the revelation controls. This is why Satan doesn't want you to be in atmospheres like this of revelation. Because I always tell people, revelation is permission. How does God permit you to do something? He gives you a revelation for it. If God is not giving you a revelation, he's not permitting you. It's that simple. If you force yourself to do something where there's no revelation, you are, it's, you're going to break your legs. You're going to be crying. Why? Because you're not permitted to. But when God gives you a revelation, you're permitted now to enter the domain of that revelation. David was given the revelation of the priesthood of Melchizedek, and it changed him. It changed him. So when the day came when he was hungry, and his men were about to die from starvation, running away from a demented, crazy king called King Saul, he went into the house of God, Right to the show bread, because he knew there would be bread. And he knew not, not just normal bread, this would be Holy Ghost bread. Anointed bread. He took that bread, and the man, the Bible says, walked in the strength of that bread, because that bread was Jesus. For he said, I am I not the bread of life. If you eat of this bread, you never go hungry. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.